Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Okay, hello everyone and greetings. This is Mike Cleveland and I'm with my wife Jody. And Jody, thank you so much for doing another podcast with me today. Oh, I'm excited to be here and glad to share the love of Jesus with um, our listeners today. Me too. Yeah. Today we have a subject that's very common that we get a lot of inquiries and asks for help, and it's the subject of abuse. Right. And it's a painful subject to deal with. It, it's a subject that hurts our hearts to consider um, abuse. Abuse should never happen. Abuse is evil. Uh, abuse affects the one who has been abused. It also affects the one who does the abusing. Uh, the abuse can be in the form of sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. It can be take many forms. Jody, you've had experience with this, unfortunately, although God has turned it around and used it in your life. But why don't you just share about uh, that aspect of your life? Right. Well, yeah, you were, you're so tr- right uh, that abuse is very common. I mean, I would venture to say that every person alive has been abused at some point and in some way um, in, uh, in their lives. But, um, yes, I was uh, sexually molested by my uh, family member when I was young, very young. And, um, and then... Uh, but I've also uh, dealt with verbal abuse, mental abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse uh, from various people um, in my life. Uh, and um, the details aren't as important as the effect that they had on my life and my heart, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, the, the abuse um, that I had when I was younger just sort of set me on a on a a path um, and that was that was sinful and um, and that put me uh, around other people who then were um, abusive toward me in in different ways and that led to more sin in my life and the sins were sins of anger and bitterness excessive sorrow, overwhelming sorrow, where um, some people might even call it self-pity, where I was so focused on what had been done to me that um, I was I was like a, a walking wounded, a victim all the time. And I approached my life that way. I, I was um, defeated uh, in every way and, and a feeling worthless and unwanted, unloved, um, and this 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 thinking or this uh, way of living stemmed from the various abuses uh, in my childhood. And you know, um, some people can look and point fingers at one particular person who did this one thing to them, and that's their abuser. And when you have multiple abusers, it it becomes complicated. Um, and uh, so then, I think, at least in my situation, I stopped pointing fingers and as much as just feeling a def- living a defeated 
broken, bitter lifestyle, you know, just that was my mindset all the time, just angry and bitter. It hurts my heart to hear that. Because it hurts I, my heart. <laughs> because I love so you so much. Sad. Um, but at the same time, as you were describing your your victimhood, your defeated lifestyle, it shocked me because I see you now, and I see not a victim. I see one who is fully healed. I see one who is confident in the Lord, trusting in Him. You are one who ministers to countless women all over the world. Um, and so this is what can happen to one who has experienced your abuse, type of abuse, whatever that was. Um, you don't have to live in it. Now, the help that we want to give today to people who've experienced abuse may not be like the help that they've received up to this point. And the reason I say that is, if you look at the majority of Christian counsel to people like you who've experienced abuse, it starts like this. It's not your fault. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's not your fault. Now, we're not coming along and saying it is your fault. No. <laughs> at all. That's not our message. No, but when you're that, a little child, it's not your fault. That's right. Yeah. But at the same time, the message that it's not your fault doesn't go deep enough. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't heal. It doesn't heal. Yeah. So we want to bring healing yeah. to people. And right. so because of that, we have a little fuller message to give. Now, I want to just sort of start off our discussion today, Jody, with an email that you just received recently. Mm -hmm. And it will hopefully propel us to think about this issue in a full way. So it comes from someone who writes to you and says, Hi, Jody. I don't think I can forgive my parents straight away for all the abuse. I think it will have to be a process for me. There was just so many horrible things done to me, and I'm suffering now for it big time. I just don't think I can let go so easily. I think I need counseling or something. And then she signs her name. Yeah. So one of the things that we have to say is we never tell somebody, just forgive. No. Just forgive and get on with it. You can't do it. Right? That would be mean. That would be yeah. mean. And so let's think through together some counsel from God's Word. Um, and as we do this, what types of things would we start with when we are addressing someone who's been abused? Right. Well, um, I want to set this up a little bit because I want to explain why this lady wrote in to me. And that is that she's trying to address a sin struggle that she has in her life. Um, she uh, came to one of our courses because she's trying to um, address this sin struggle. And, and she came to a lesson that helped her understand that a lot of sin, sin struggles um, or this sin struggle that she's dealing with is connected to her um, to the bitterness that she has in her heart from past abuse. And that's why she wrote to me. She, she is holding on to bitterness and anger toward her parents for what they did to her. And, and this is coming out or evidencing itself in her life in this uh, sin struggle that she's having. She's trying to comfort herself and to soothe this um, anger and bitterness in her heart with 
these other things in her life, right? And this is extremely common. I would venture to say most people who come to our Bible study seeking freedom from a habitual sin issue, it stems from bitterness connected to a, a, a wound from their past, some kind of wound. So you're saying that this is really very common. It's oh probably goodness. the most common struggle we have. Uh, what happens is that we begin to build protective walls around our hearts because we were hurt. Absolutely. And I, I guess the reason I want to bring it up is because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I wasn't molested when I was a child, so this doesn't have anything to do with me. But I want you to understand that it doesn't matter when abuse happens. It doesn't matter what kind of abuse it is. It doesn't matter what kind of wound, if it's self-inflicted or inflicted by someone else. That's not the point. We're talking about a heart that has been wounded. And when something is wounded in our in our bodies, um, and I don't mean necessarily a physical wound, but the physical body can illustrate a spiritual truth. And in our physical bodies, when we're wounded, um, we build up uh, scar tissue, we build up calluses, we build up things like that to protect that area, right? Because we're we're protecting. We're not gonna let that get hurt anymore, right? And a lot of times that protectiveness will cause problems in other areas of our body, right? It happens all the time. Well, this, this, this principle is true spiritually. So people that have been wounded or who have hurt themselves in some way through sin, they will build up this wall of protection in their heart. And, and it's like a, a callus, right? It's just thick and it's hard. And that is a hardened heart. A heart that uh, says, I cannot forgive. I cannot. And they are being honest and truthful. And the reason they can't forgive is because they've got that big wall there. That big wall of protection that keeps people out. But it also keeps out the healing that they want. And they don't understand. Yeah. I didn't for years. Yeah, and you know, I think the first thing to acknowledge is, first of all, we appreciate the honesty. Absolutely. It's it's actually good when they write in like this and say, I cannot forgive. They're being honest. Right. They really can't. Um, and, and, you know, for us just to throw out a little piece of advice, oh, forgive and get on with it. Or that, even worse, a command. Yeah. You know, you must. You must forgive. Right. And so we don't deal with it like that. We, first of all, as you just said, understand what is transpiring in the heart. Mm -hmm. The heart has a self-protective mechanism built into it. And I'm not talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about who we are as people. Right. We, we have this self-protectiveness that when we uh, get hurt, we want to prevent that. We don't like it. Mm -hmm. And so we build up walls and we, we make these, um, like you described it as calluses, uh, or scar tissue, you know, that builds around that hurt part. And so really, Jody, we're a bunch of people walking around with hardened hearts and uh, areas that we will not allow others into because we don't want to get hurt again. That's exactly right. We don't want to get hurt. And But here's the thing about that is <laughs> when, you've, when you build a wall of protection, when you become hardened in your heart, you are actually continuing the cycle of abuse. 
right? You are now abusing yourself. You think you're protecting yourself because that's what the flesh does. The flesh says, oh, I'm going to not ever let anybody hurt me again. And it locks down. You know, I'm going to be self-protective. It's, I, you know, I got to take care of me because nobody else will. And that's evident because those people out there, they hurt me. So I'm going to take care of myself. I'm number one. And so we go into lockdown mode and we become self-protective and self-focused, right? But we are now continuing the cycle of abuse. We've become our own abuser. That's a powerful statement. And so what happens a lot of times is people begin to sin against themselves. Yes. Uh, and so maybe we find comfort in food. And pretty soon over the years, we discover, as I had, that I've put on so much weight that I'm abusing my body. That's a good example. And now you're suffering. And, and, and you suffered for it, right? Right. It's the same is true with alcohol, drugs, um, uh, uh, sexual impurity. All these things are ways where we perpetuate the abuse. And calling it that is, is interesting. I've actually never thought of that until you and I were discussing that earlier today. Yeah. I'd never really thought of the fact, because when you say the abuser, sorry, the abused one becomes the abuser, what you think of is they abuse other people, which can also happen, sure. but you're applying it to they abuse themselves because when we're hurt and we pull inward and we form walls around our hearts and things and we focus inwardly, well, human beings aren't designed to live their lives focusing inwardly. No. Um, if I were to go around looking uh, inside myself, well, I'd fall and I'd run into cars and I'd, you know, I'd hurt right. myself. Right. And that's what you're describing. Absolutely. And it people. is so common. Um, and, and so we don't want to live that way, right? It's just why this lady wrote in, hey, I want, I want to be healed, but I can't, I can't forgive, right? And so um, the, the struggle is there is how do we get from being the abuser, right? Our, our own abuser. Uh, we've, we've protected ourselves from everybody else, but now we're killing ourselves um, through our bitterness and our anger and our rage and our lust and our whatever. How do we stop that cycle of abuse? So that's a good question. I want to think about that with you for a minute because the world would tell us the way you do it is varied. But for example, you go back into your past and you try to live that abused thing over and live it the right way. Uh, or you, uh, you go back, you know what I mean? There's all these ways of dealing with the situation. What are some ways that you can think of that people are taught today that really doesn't bring lasting healing? Well, you know, for me, I was primarily told to just let it go, you know, let it go, let it go. And I, you know, it sounds like a Disney song, but, um, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it was not possible because my, the problem they were, that they were looking at was what was coming out of my mouth, right? Oh, the problem was in the past. The problem was the abuse. The problem was all those things. And I just needed to let myself go from those things, separate myself from those things. But they didn't understand that was part of me my heart was hard it was calloused i needed a, a heart transplant i needed a, something to happen in my heart because i don't know about you but if if somebody says don't think about that thing i am prone to think about it nine times more 
you know. So so one of the ways is by saying, uh, just let it go. Just let it go. Okay. Another way is by saying, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Now, now Love there, yourself. Right. Now, there are one. some truths to, the, oh, to sure. this, but they aren't healing truths. They're not healing truths. And you can't start there. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not the starting place. Uh, another, another way is... Um, this is actually pretty popular, and I had a friend go this route, which is to go live back into the past, and this time take Jesus with you, oh, yeah. um, and to take him back in, in there to the abuse with you, and to see that he was right there with you. What's wrong with that? Well, first of all, he was right there with you um, in the beginning anyway. Um, and so that's sort of denying uh, his presence um, ever, but uh, it's not... That, that's not where the healing is. That isn't what um, brings about. It doesn't address my heart issue. Right? Uh, it just deals with the circumstances. And you can't go back and live it differently. You really can't. Our memories are faulty. You know, our, our feelings are faulty. Um, there's just no way to go back and remember every single detail. And it's just too much pressure. And it actually hurts you over and over again. It just reinforces the memory. It's terrible. It, it, you relive it over yeah. and over again, and you you come out of that experience having bawled your eyes out and thinking that you're healed because you're emotionally, you know, you were emotionalized and yes. you were you were tearful because you relived it again, but you're not healed. No, you're so not. So you look at all the ways that the world has and all the ways that sometimes the church has embraced. Yeah. To bring healing, and they don't bring lasting healing. No. Um, and so we've described the problem, um, how that problem manifests itself in our own lives. I like how you put it that you perpetuate the abuse, maybe yeah. not to others, maybe to others, maybe not to others, but certainly to yourself. Absolutely. Um, and so we come now to the question of how then. First of all, is it possible to find lasting healing? And because I'm looking at you as a healed lady, I know it is. It is. How then? How then do we find lasting healing? Because, Jody, we're talking to people who are in pain. Right, just like we were. Whose hearts are hurting. Mm -hmm. who, who can't stop doing something themselves, and they trace it back to the abuse, abuse that they received. Mm -hmm. So how do we find real, true, deep inner healing for our lives. Right. We find it at the cross of Christ. That is where it is. Um, when we come to the cross, uh, that is where um, we can have our heart addressed, our heart issues, right? That calloused heart can be uh, the cross of Christ. Jesus with the cross just sort of surgically removes that hard heart. He removes that callous and then he opens our hearts to receive his love. And when the love of Jesus comes in, ah, oh, friends, I am not going to lie. It is the most painful, beautiful thing. Because what happens is the love of Jesus, the blood through his blood shed on the cross, it comes into our hearts. And that cutting away of that callus is so painful. It is so hard to endure, right? But when, when you go through that excruciating pain where you look to the cross and you say, yes, I want that love. And Jesus cuts away 
that callus and he pours in his love and that love pushes out all the poison, the poison of our own sin, the poison of sins committed against us, the bitterness that has festered from years of holding on to anger and, 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 and bitterness about abuse, the, the malice and even hatred that has festered there, the, the gossip and the slander where you've talked to other people and talked bad about other people who've, who've done these bad things to you, right? All of this is pushed out and, and scrubbed away by the cleansing blood of Jesus. And then, and then the clear, pure filling of his spirit in our hearts that just heals. It just fills in all the gaps, all the wounds are mended. And then we continue to receive the love so much that it overflows. And oh, this is where, you know, it, your life is transformed, right? You start living it out in your daily life and no longer are you abusing yourself with food or drugs or alcohol or smoking or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, sexual impurity. No longer are you abusing yourself anymore with these things because you are now really comforted in a lasting way by the love of Jesus. And you know you're no longer, you're not condemned right? You're not under condemnation. I shouldn't be feeling bitter and angry. I need to be more loving. I need to be this. I shouldn't be that. No more of that. All gone because now I'm accepted. I'm clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. I have been justified and sanctified and cleansed. That past has no power over me anymore. I am free indeed because Jesus has made it happen at his cross and that is where the healing is that's where it happens that's where i had my breakthrough and that's where every person who wants lasting healing in their heart and they want their lives transformed that's where they'll find it too <laughs> I, I can't hardly i can't hardly get over this because what you were looking for what our listeners right now are looking for they're desperate for they want what you just described, but have been taught it the wrong way. You just described <laughs> happens at the cross of Jesus Christ. I think of 1 Peter 2.24 that says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And then he quotes Isaiah 53.5, By his wounds you have been healed. Yes. So, Jody, as you look at the cross, you see the wounds. Yes, you do. Jesus is, is wounded in his hands and his feet and his head. He's wearing a, a crown of thorns. He's been beaten to within an inch of his life. Yeah. He's thirsting. He's, uh. He is wounded from head to toe, nothing but open sores. You can't recognize him as being a human. And, Jody, those wounds are for our healing. They are. They are for our healing. And the, the beautiful thing, and, and so I just want to kind of spell it out for people how this happened, because I talked about Jesus cutting away the callus. And, and part of that happens when you look to the cross and you see that Jesus is bearing your sins. It's important for you to understand those are your sins in his body on the cross, right? 
your sins and your sorrows, right? Jesus says he bore our sorrows too. So the sorrow that you've endured in your life, that is on Jesus. The sins that you've committed in your life, those are on Jesus. So when you look up and you see this grotesque scene, so graphic, so bloody, so heinous, and you say, I can't even recognize that as a human. That's so horrid. Yes, it is important to see it that way. Because when you understand that's your sin on the cross, your sin did this, right? Then now you realize I am just as bad a person. I need salvation just as much as my abuser. My abuser is not worse than me. They are they, what they did was terrible, but they are not a worse sinner than I am. Sin is sin. If you broke one commandment, you broke them all, right? So sin is, is uh, something we all share. We all fall short. And nobody says, oh, you fall short a little more. We all fall short, right? We all need that salvation. So it is important to, to look to Christ and say, yes, that's my sin. And that's the cutting. That's the hard part is when you have to say, I'm as bad as a person as my abuser. That's almost soul crushing. It is just so hard to, to receive that. So let me ask you this. If someone's listening right now and you're wanting them to acknowledge that their sin is as bad as the abuser who abused them and they say to you, that is not true. I can't do that. What do they need to do? They need to look to the cross again because that will tell them. Look, Jesus died, and when he died on the cross, he bore all the sins of the world, right? Um, he bore all of our sins. And, and there was no, uh, your sin was a little less bad, right? There's none of that. It's an equal sinfulness, an equal destructiveness, an equal, it all, the wages of sin are death. It's not the wages of their sin is death. It's sin. So that, that is so important for us to get to that place where we look to the cross and we see our sin as crucifying Jesus. We see our need for a Savior. When we see that, when we see that and we receive that cut to our heart and we say, oh, God, help me. I need a Savior. I am a sinful person. I need saving. And we receive Jesus. We receive his love. We can't receive his love and hold on to sin, the sin of unforgiveness. We can't receive that. It has to wash away, right? It has to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And unforgiveness is unrighteousness, right? So when we look to the cross, we see two things. One, we see that we are a terrible sinner. We needed a savior. We have sinned so terribly. We need a savior. And Jesus is being our savior on the cross. We also see that Jesus is atoning for the sins that have been committed against us, right? He's not only dying for us, he's dying for the world, right? So no matter who, if your abuser was a, is a believer or not, Jesus is bearing the sins, right? So, yeah. So then, if we accept that payment for our sin, we have to accept the payment for the sins against us too. 
That's right. a very good point. Yeah. So someone's listening and going, well, I'm already a believer. At five years old, I prayed the sinner's prayer. And so I, I get the cross. I, I understand that. It doesn't stop what has happened to me from from affecting me now. You're telling me about the cross, which I learned about at five. Oh, right. But listen, the important thing to remember is that when we harbor sin in our hearts, what, no matter what kind of sin it is, we... Um, uh, steal away or we um, break our experience of our salvation. The joy of our salvation is removed from us. So yes, I mean, that's wonderful. If you were saved when you were young, praise the Lord. Yay. But you probably are not experiencing the joy of your salvation if you are holding on to any type of habitual sin, um, any type of and unforgiveness is habitual sin. That's exactly right. That's excellent. So what we're saying is the power of the cross doesn't stop at salvation. It goes on to transform us. Um, Jody, someone who looks at the cross today and sees the love of Jesus being poured out and experiences that by his wounds you have been healed is able to forgive in their hearts because they heard the one that they wounded by their sins. They heard him say, Father, forgive them. Yes, absolutely. They don't know what they're doing. He's even making excuses for them. They don't know what they're doing. Right. You see, when I look at the cross and I, I see what my sins have done to Jesus, um, and yet he proclaims forgiveness over me. And love. Yeah. I'm able to, out of the overflow of my heart, to forgive those who have sinned against me as well. Absolutely. So and that's we, the second thing that you learn because we were saying there's two things that you learn at the cross. One is that you're a terrible sinner and you need a savior. The second is you're more loved than you could ever have hoped for in your entire life. There's no greater love. No greater love. We'll never know a human love that even compares, that even gets close to um, the eternal love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So. Yes, you're a sinner, but you've got a Savior that loves you with an everlasting love that is beyond measure. And that love transforms you from an unforgiver to a forgiver. It heals you. It heals you. Yeah. And, you know, it's so amazing for me to sit here and listen to you. I, I think back on, you know, two decades of seeing you struggle with this, right. of, of hearing you constantly talk about the abuse that happened to you and and having no healing to this yeah <laughs> to what i'm hearing now right. of the love that's in your heart just yeah. the the way in which your your calluses your hard your calluses have been removed your hardness has been broken yeah. and what comes out now is just love and and joy and peace and patience and forgiveness self-control all of these fruits of the spirit right i'm experiencing the joy of my salvation and when i do that i'm walking by the spirit and keeping in step with him and then that bears the fruit of um, the spirit and that's that's what we all want right we want that healing well <clears throat> jody as we bring this to a close and, and i think we need to do another one on this to continue this discussion but just as we bring this to a close right now, I'm going to ask you to, to pray for someone who has been abused, who's hurting right now, who's identified with everything you said. They're calloused, they're hard, they're <coughs> uh, self-protective, 
um, and yet there's no healing. And I just would ask that you would pray for them and help them to see where their healing can be found. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your perfect life that you lived where we couldn't. We could not live perfectly, but you did it for us. And we thank you for all the abuse that you endured, the horrible suffering and the agonies of the cross that you endured so that you could purchase our forgiveness. You could atone for our sins and the sins of those that have abused us. And Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for the love and the forgiveness that flows from your heart to ours. And I pray, I pray, Father, for those today who come to you with a hard heart and they say, I don't want my hard heart anymore. I want to be healed. And Jesus, I pray that you would, as no one else can, with your loving surgical precision, that you will cut away the calluses from their heart that they built up, trying to protect themselves from the abuse of others. I pray that you would just peel those layers away with such love and that you would remove and cleanse their heart and that you would fill it with your love so they might know the healing that your wounds bring. Oh, Jesus, I ask you for your name that you would do this mighty and miraculous work in the hearts of those listening today who need it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.